January 14th, Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 through 23. Jesus called his twelve disciples to him and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. Here are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, also called Peter. Then Andrew, Peter's brother. James, son of Zebedee. John, James's brother. Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew the tax collector. James, son of Alphaeus. Thaddeus, Simon the zealot, Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. Jesus sent the twelve disciples out with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. Don't take any money with you. Don't carry a traveler's bag with an extra coat and sandals or even a walking stick. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work deserve to be fed. Whenever you enter a city or village, search for a worthy man and stay in his home until you leave for the next town. When you are invited into someone's home, give it your blessing. If it turns out to be a worthy home... Let your blessing stand. If it is not, take back the blessing. If a village doesn't welcome you or listen to you, shake off the dust of that place from your feet as you leave. I assure you, the wicked cities of Sodom and Gomorrah will be better off on the judgment day than that place will be. Look, I am sending you out as sheep among wolves. Be as wary as snakes and harmless as doves. But beware, for you will be handed over to the courts and beaten in the synagogues, and you must stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. This will be your opportunity to tell them about me, yes, to witness to the world. When you are arrested, don't worry about what to say in your defense, because you will be given the right words at the right time." For it won't be you doing the talking. It will be the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will betray brother to death. Fathers will betray their own children. And children will rise against their parents and cause them to be killed. And everyone will hate you because of your allegiance to me. But those who endure to the end will be saved. When you are persecuted in one town, flee to the next. I assure you that I, the Son of Man, will return before you have reached all the towns of We don't think we need good news. We think we need good advice. We don't need the gospel. We just need ten ways to have a happy life and five ways to reduce stress. Because that's our problem. We don't believe this. And this is why we say, we, we hear preachers say it all the time. There's a guy down my way, down in Houston, Smiling Joel. Smiling Joel says, sinners don't need to be told they're sinners. They know they're sinners. No, they don't. They don't. They don't. They look at the guy on the news who hacks somebody up and they say, that's a sinner, not me. They don't sin. They make mistakes. You sin, but they don't. 
They make bad choices. They have bad patches. They have bad habits. But they're not sinners. They're not individuals who pursue their own fleshly desires at the expense of everyone and anything else unless they can be helped in their fleshly desires. They're not sinners who are under the influence of this world because this world is giving them exactly what they want, which is not God. They're not sinners who are under the influence of the prince of the power of the air because they love the prince of the power of the air. They're just people who sometimes make mistakes. The Bible says that they're children of wrath. And so were we. If you understand that you're a child of wrath, you understand that you don't need good advice. You need good news. Because there is no good news in this. This is all bad. There's no hope whatsoever. I'm dead. And I'm under the influence of this world that opposes God. And the prince of the power of the air who opposes God. And what's worse, my flesh, my body, my mind, they like it and they want it and they don't want God. And I'm an enemy of God and I deserve God's wrath. I love to ask people, you know, even if you know you, you need to be saved, you know what you need to be saved from? God. You need to be saved from the wrath of God. This holy and righteous and just God. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace we've been saved. I love, there's no room there. There's no room there. There's nothing there. There's nothing God saw in you. It's just not there. There's nothing in you that rose up above the rest. It's just not there. The answer is, but God, you're dead. I don't care how many times you've heard the illustration. You're sinking, you're drowning, you're about to go down for the last time, and God throws you the life preserver, but you got to grab it. Dead men don't grab. You were not almost dead. You were not nearly dead. You're dead. Which means that the only hope is the grace of God. But watch what happens. You were dead and now you get life. God made us alive together with Christ. You, you, you were dead, but now you're alive together with Christ. This is important. This is the doctrine of regeneration. This is God making us alive. This is God making us born again. And no matter how many, how many times we hear out there in popular evangelicalism that we sort of born ourselves again, you can no more born yourself again than you born yourself the first time. Being born again is an act of God. Being born again is a supernatural act. Being born again is something that you don't ask for, you don't have sense enough to ask for, you're dead. God does this. And it's by His grace that He does this. And it's for His glory that He does this. It is because of Christ that He does this. And it is by grace alone. 